Hello, welcome to Talking in Vain, a podcast of the Infusion Nurses Society. I'm Dawn Berendt, the Clinical Education and Publications Manager for the INS. Today's topic for this podcast is advanced care planning for nurses. I am so happy to have with me today Joanne Reif-Snyder. Joanne, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, Dawn, thank you for inviting me. It's really a pleasure to be here today. You have a very impressive profile. I would like you to tell us about yourself, about your role at work, and your role with the campaign that we're going to be talking about today. Okay, great. Well, I am. my current uh, professional role is as uh, Executive Vice President for Clinical Operations and Chief Nursing Officer for Genesis Healthcare. Genesis operates about 400 skilled nursing and long-term care facilities in uh, 28 states. So it's a, a large company, the largest um, skilled nursing and long-term care company. And I've been there, um, let's see, nine years now. I came as a consultant initially and then um, ultimately came into the chief nursing officer role. Um, so one of the priorities, um, the clinical and strategic priorities that I've brought to the work is improving palliative and end-of-life care um, for older adults, frail individuals who live in long-term care settings. So that's an important important focus for me and the, the teams that I lead. Um, I'm also a longtime member and past president of the Hospice and Palliative Nurses Association, and my clinical specialty and uh, really most of my work for the last numerous decades has been focused on advancing palliative and end-of-life care. Um, also do some teaching um, in a couple of different locations around palliative and end-of-life care and um, came to the project that we're going to talk about um, leading a, a subgroup that came out of a palliative nursing summit that the Hospice and Palliative Nurses Association sponsored just a couple of years ago. Thank you so much. Well, let's get into our conversation. So for our listeners out there, I'm going to um, put this out, and you're going to hear it a few times today, and you'll um, also see this in the show notes as well so that you know where to go after our podcast. Hashtag, I said what I want. So Joanne, tell us about this campaign, and how did this initiative get started? So the Advanced Care Planning Work Group that really designed the social media campaign that we're going to talk about came out of, uh, as I said, a palliative nursing summit that HPNA, the Hospice and Palliative Nurses Association, convened just a couple of years ago with numerous, um, you know, a couple of dozen of sister, if you will, nursing organizations across the country representing various specialties, various different groups of nurses. And our notion, HPNA's notion in developing the Palliative Nursing Summit was that nurses um, could and should come together around a shared agenda for improving palliative and end-of-life care. So we held an event. The summit uh, was held in Washington, D.C., and uh, the representatives of various organizations came together. We had facilitators who helped us to work through an agenda and identified priorities um, that we together would build 
on contribute to um, around a shared agenda for palliative and end-of-life nursing. So one of the priorities that came out of that work was advanced care planning, and it was really clear in the, the various work groups who contributed to identifying that priority that we collectively felt that nurses, given our proximity to patients, the fact that we're ubiquitous, we're in every healthcare setting, community settings, both formal and informal, where people are receiving care, that it would, it's really important that nurses feel empowered to talk about advanced care planning and that they consider advanced care planning for themselves. Um, because it's, it is something that is relevant to all of us. Mm-hmm. And nurses are viewed as very important um, advisors and role models. And as, as you know, Dawn, consistently nurses are rated as the most trusted profession. So we thought, let's build on that. Let's develop a campaign where nurses themselves can stand up and say, I'm going to say what I want. I'm going to put down my values and my wishes um, around end-of-life care into a document, and, and I'm going to talk about that. And so that's, that's what we did. Excellent. So I am very certain that you have stories and you have personal experiences where the lack of advanced care planning has impacted patients and family members and the care team. Can you tell us why advanced care planning is so important? And, and bring some, a, a good definition for us. If we don't know exactly what that is, tell us exactly what it is. Sure. So advanced care planning is, um, think of it as an umbrella term that we use for a process um, essentially centered around communication with individuals, um, often with advanced illness, but not always, and their families to discuss the individual's values, their wishes, preferences around treatment, and their goals of care should they not be able to speak for themselves at a time that such care might be needed. So by the very nature of what I just described, what's really key is that individuals, all of us, yourself, myself, we should be able to state these wishes while we are cognitively capable Mm -hmm. and able to articulate those wishes. So the opportunity for advanced care planning and the reason that it's so important as a process in which nurses engage with individuals and their families is that it really needs to happen not in a moment of crisis, but well in advance of that. And that's why we call it advanced care planning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little more about the role that nurses play. Now, many of our listeners have been in that seat. Many of those our listeners have talked families through this process. But for those who haven't, let's talk about the importance of our role in advanced care planning. Sure. I, you know, I don't think I can overstate how important it is that nurses see advanced care planning and engaging in conversations around values and treatment preferences as 
key to their role and certainly within their scope of practice. I think that um, in the last several decades, uh, as end-of-life care has really been more on the radar and we've seen the development of palliative care, the Center to Advance Palliative Care, hospital-based palliative care programs, there's been a lot more work and talk around palliative care and having these really key conversations. And often the conversations are led by or even sort of delegated to medical professionals, either physicians or advanced practice providers often. And nurses um, who are practicing in those same settings and are spending great deal of time with individuals and their families may feel like it's not really within their scope to be having conversations because it's really more of a, a medical uh, responsibility. And I want to say to your listeners that having a conversation about values and treatment preferences is absolutely within the scope of nursing practice. And in fact, I would say, I, I feel that it's a mandate for us as nurses, four million strong, to get more involved in supporting and having these conversations. For people who haven't done it before, sometimes we can just start with asking, do you have an advanced uh, care plan document or a living will is sort of an older term, but some people may relate more mm -hmm. to that term. Mm -hmm. And if the individual says yes, then that's an opening to say, well, tell me a little bit more about that. Um, what wishes are expressed in, in your plan? Can you talk to me about that? When did you complete it? Um, you know, and, and work through that. If the person says no, it's an opportunity to say, can I tell you a little bit more about what that is and why it's important for all of us, myself included, that means nurse having this conversation with the individual, why it's important for all of us to consider our values and treatment preferences and put those down in writing. I think that in my experience over the last 40 years, whenever I have initiated a conversation like that with an individual and their, and or their family members sometimes, um, that there has always been an opportunity to have a deeper conversation. I think that we hesitate uh, often because talking about end of life, that the and the D word, the death mm -hmm. word, mm -hmm. um, is is unnerving, um, both for individuals who may have advanced illness or maybe aren't ill, and they're thinking, why are they asking me those, these questions? Do they know something that I don't know? So there's an aversion both right. on the part of um, the individuals and their families, and nurses and others who aren't practiced in this might feel similarly, that this is a taboo topic, and we don't really want to talk about mm -hmm. this until we have to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think we need to get past that uncomfortableness in my own practice, in my own experience. Um, it seemed awkward if the patient was inpatient, um, let's say that they were there for a general surgery, to talk about advanced care planning um, because 
we were concerned that it might imply that something's going, <laughs> something could go wrong. Um, yes. But in healthcare, too, we, making use of an opportunity of the interface between the the patient and the healthcare team. Um, if they're there in that setting, maybe this is the time to talk about smoking cessation or advanced care planning or the things that um, we really do need to put on the table and, and work through. Um, so there, there is some discomfort there and in, in some concern that I'm going to frighten this person. And I think planning when to have this conversation and what in what setting is the best, uh, certainly in the primary care role, but nurses are everywhere. Like you said, ubiquitous. ubiquitous. Um, so what can we do to kind of face our own discomfort, our own barriers to having this discussion, um, to make it easier to have the discussion with patients? Sure. Well, one of the things that our planning group, um, and, and frankly, all of the the individuals who contributed in the Palliative Nursing Summit, one of the things that that we thought is nurses themselves could become more comfortable um, in having these conversations if they've considered um, their own wishes and preferences, values and goals of care, you know, should they have an advanced or serious uh, or terminal illness. And that that could be sort of an, an entry point for some people to get familiar with the process of putting those thoughts together that for themselves and documenting those wishes. That's one way. I think another way, Dawn, is um, to not approach this as though there's some um, sort of large conversation that we need to engage in. Nurses are working in close proximity to patients, individuals, and their families may be present in the care setting as well. We are constantly working with people. And when there's an opportunity, either during an assessment or even during a, a time you know, with a patient where there's something else going on maybe but time for conversation, um, to, to be able to put two simple questions to a person, um, and I'm going to tell you those in a moment. I'm also going to say that some 35 years ago when I first started in hospice care um, and was working with a, a team of nurses and it seemed like we were constantly revising this nursing assessment that we were doing. This was in 87, I guess, so fairly new in terms of hospice um, growing uh, in this country. And I said, you know what, I think we should at some point maybe consider scrapping the whole thing and ask two key questions. What is most important to you and how can we help? Because that's really, in my view, some 35 years ago and still, those are the key questions. So it's not about for nurses breaking bad news or having some complex conversation that requires skills and preparation that may be beyond what the nurse feels she or he has, but really tapping into what we do every day, which is connect two people with compassion mm -hmm. by asking, what's most important to you and how can I help? And then questions 
around that can emerge around, you know, tell me about your, um, your condition. Tell me more about this. When did you first learn about this, if there is a serious illness? What do you mm-hmm. understand mm-hmm. about your illness? And then that conversation that nurses are having should become a part of the interprofessional approach to working with individuals and their families. So nurses aren't doing this in isolation, having these conversations. They're contributing to the fullest possible understanding of what is important to that patient, which then can lead to matching the medical and other treatment being provided to the individual's goals for care. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was an excellent response. Thank you for that. So let's get back to the initiative, the campaign that we're talking about today. Mm -hmm. And let's talk about first, um, why did you involve so many other nursing organizations in the initiative? And tell us about those organizations and the impact that it has had. Sure. Well, from the outset, uh, when a small group of us were planning the Palliative Nursing Summit, um, as I said, our vision was a shared agenda around improving palliative and end-of-life care because we saw palliative nursing in its broadest sense as something that all nurses could and should be doing because we all encounter um, people with advancing and serious illness yes. in across settings. And indeed, as I've, as I've argued already, um, sort of moving advanced care planning, um, you know, up to a, putting it in place at a point when an individual can still thoughtfully contribute to documenting their own wishes and having conversations with their families, loved ones, other advisors, that's that's really important. So our notion was all nurses can get behind a shared agenda um, around general palliative nursing, generalist level palliative nursing is is the way that we think about it. Mm -hmm. So we knew that it was important then to test that assumption, to reach out to other nursing organizations representing various specialties, as well as general nursing organizations like the ANA, for example, um, but then specialty organizations like uh, the Oncology Nursing Society, like INS and, and others, to contribute to and um, really develop collective voice around that agenda. It was important to us. HPNA does not speak for all nurses. The organization holds some expertise, certainly, in palliative nursing, but we really saw, um, you know, in improving uh, palliative and end-of-life care as an endeavor that in which all nurses should be involved. So it just made sense to us mm-hmm. to bring all nursing organizations together. Mm-hmm. Very good. Tell me, how many people has this campaign reached so far? Oh, my gosh. Um, we had um, probably 20 or so nursing specialty organizations 
and about we think about 700,000 nurses wow. participated in the initiative. Yes, isn't that exciting? 700,000 um, nurses. Yeah, wow. yeah. And, you know, of the roughly 4 million that, you know, is the number that we all cite nowadays, that's, we think that's really significant. And that was our vision is let's get nurses talking about this and see if we can get this to go viral and consider, you know, who else will notice that? If nurses are leading by saying, you know what, I said what I want. I put it down in writing, and here's why I did it, and here's why it's important that nurses do it, and here's why you, all of you, should consider doing this, that that would be really impactful. So by numbers alone, by reach, we do think that our collective voice of these many nursing organizations really was impactful. Okay. So where does HPNA want to go with this initiative from here? That's a great question, and we are uh, sort of considering um, what next wave, if you will, for the social media campaign might be feasible, and is it something that we would want to reactivate around, um, you know, maybe a certain time of year or around other events? So, for example, there is um, National Healthcare Decisions Day in mid-April where many healthcare organizations participate in promoting advanced care planning. And we thought, well, would that be a time to reinvigorate the campaign? So we haven't really decided yet, but we were pleased with the reach and think that there's more that we can do. Beyond that, um, what we wanted to do, and this was a um, a goal that came out of this same subgroup that developed the I Said What I Want campaign, we also realized that, as you and I have talked about already, John, nurses, frankly, all healthcare providers, um, can feel some trepidation or feel not as prepared as they would like to feel to have these really important conversations with people. So additional training that's accessible and sort of plug in to when the nurse needed it in the form that she or he needed it might be something that that we could promote. So what we're currently doing is a review to see what's out there, looking at the evidence uh, behind models of training for nurses or for others around advanced care planning conversations and expecting to um, you know, probably put together, collate some information um, and make that available through HPNA's uh, various forums. So that, that's, those are sort of the, the dual goals that we had, the I Said What I Want campaign and the social media, as well as um, making some sort of just-in-time, if you will, training available to nurses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I visited the Advancing Expert Care website of the Hospice and Palliative Nurses Association on that website, and I was so impressed with the number of advanced care planning resources that were listed. There are live links that um, we can access numerous resources. But in addition to that, 
there are a number of very practical resources that are still available if we would like to approach this campaign even now. Um, but there are um, resources like blog post examples, news releases, flyers, sample media posts, so on and so forth. But what impacted me was the example blog post. And I think I'm going to just read aloud um, what this says, because I think it kind of puts a nice capstone on everything that you've talked about so far today. So here's that blog post example. As a nurse, I am uniquely positioned and have the expertise to facilitate meaningful conversations with patients and families about present and future health care and how those interventions align with patients' values, beliefs, and goals. That is why I'm participating in the hashtag I said what I want initiative and I'm encouraging my nursing colleagues to say what they want by establishing their own advanced care plan. So Joanne, um, that statement, you know, that, that really just strikes me. It, it really puts a nice capstone on everything that you've said. So in the work that's going ahead, and everything that's available to us now, even on that website, and I'll post that in the show notes. Um, is there still space and place for nurses who are listening today to join the campaign? Oh, my goodness, yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, the, as, as you said, John, um, you very easily navigated to the site, and um, I hope that listeners will do the same and find resources there and keep coming back because as I said we HPNA intends to build on this work and additionally curate some resources so beyond sort of posting them to really um, promote the uh, evidence-based training and other resources that uh, a work group is currently you know putting together right at the moment. So absolutely, I hope that folks will go out there. I think in addition to that, in, in the words of that blog post, um, this is not, having conversations like this is not a bolt-on to what nurses do. It is the heart of what we do. Mm -hmm. It is at the center of what we do. Nursing, if we think about the definition of nursing as the diagnosis and treatment of human responses to illness. What we're getting at there is making that link to what is going on with that individual, what's most important to them, and how can we help them to articulate that and keep their wishes, their preferences at the center. Every nurse can engage in those conversations everywhere. And I hope that we will. Imagine, imagine if four million nurses all did that. We could change, we could change the face mm -hmm. of healthcare. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Joanne, thank you so much for reminding us um, not only about our patients' needs and the importance of patients' needs, but helping us to reflect on the fact that we too are individuals who are patients. Um, with all of those same needs. I think um, we are, nurses in general, are at a place in this time in history of reminding ourselves of who we are, 
um, the importance of what we do, the importance of caring for ourselves and being that example. And that's so much what I loved about this conversation today. So Joanne, I'm going to ask you, yes, I'm sorry. It sounds like I cut you off. I'm going to ask you to share any um, last words with us today before we close off for this podcast. Oh, thank you, Dawn. It's really been, it's been a pleasure. And I, I hope that listeners will be inspired to check out the resources and to consider their own advanced care plan. Um, you know, take a look at the process, engage in it for yourself and with your families. Ask your families um, if they have thought about their wishes and have put those wishes down. These are conversations that we can normalize by having them um, for ourselves and with the people we love. So that hashtag, I said what I want, um, could also become ubiquitous as, <laughs> as nurses create those plans and inspire others to do so. Thank you, Joanne. Thank you, Don. And this concludes today's podcast of Talking in Vain. Thank you for listening.